0: Good morning, family. We're learning how to follow Jesus. We're learning what it means to follow Jesus. And if you've tuned in over the past few weeks, then we've seen Jesus return to the Father as we celebrated the Ascension. And then we experienced the gift of God's Spirit at Pentecost. Then we discussed how this Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit works in us and works with us. Last week, We saw Jesus acting scandalously by loving and extending mercy to sinners and swindlers. And we learned that if we follow Jesus, then love and mercy will be our standard, right? Because when we follow and obey Jesus, then we act according to his agenda. And we are often called disciples of Jesus. Well, this morning in Matthew chapter 9, we get to see and hear Jesus call his disciples. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, There are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. Then he called his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to throw them out and to heal every disease and every sickness. Here are the names of the twelve apostles first, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddaeus, Simon, the Cananean, and Judas, who would betray Jesus. Jesus sent these twelve out and commanded them, Don't go among the Gentiles or into a Samaritan city. Go instead to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. As you go, make this announcement. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with skin diseases, and throw out demons. You received without having to pay, therefore give without demanding payment. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Jesus called his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to throw them out and to heal every disease and every sickness. Here are the names of the twelve apostles. Wait a minute. Something happened there. Something important. But it went by so quickly, you may not have noticed it. In the first sentence, Jesus' followers were disciples. Then suddenly they were apostles. Apostles. What happened? Even if you caught the change, you may not have paid much attention. Disciples, apostles, what's the difference? They're just interchangeable names for the same 12 guys, aren't they? What's the big deal? Now, we've just wrapped up graduation season. And maybe you attended a commencement or two this spring where you celebrated a change in status. One minute, someone is a student, still in training, still learning the ropes, the rules, the formulas and logarithms, the syntaxes and structures. Then comes graduation, diploma in hand, shifting a tassel from one side to the other, grinning for pictures with proud moms and dads, and suddenly, they're someone else. They've become something else, no longer a student, but a graduate ready to go out into the world to practice what they've been learning for years, right? They're no longer disciples, students, learning the disciplines of their craft or trade or profession. They are, in effect, apostles. They are people being sent out into the world to do what they've been discipled to do. That's what apostle means, someone who is sent out. Our passage from Matthew is the moment when the followers of Jesus graduated. That was when Jesus seems to have decided that they knew enough. They were formed and shaped and changed enough to be sent out to share the mission and ministry with him. Unlike our contemporary graduates, it wasn't that they completed a set and tidy course with the required number of credit hours and proficiency tests and final papers. Discipleship isn't as easily marked out and measured like that. It was more a matter of Jesus deciding that he'd taught them about all he could, at least for the moment. And he knew that the world needed their ministry. For several chapters before this story, Jesus was traveling around, he was healing and teaching, and the crowds were growing. More and more people kept coming to him with their pain and their need and their troubles, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He could see the great need, far more than he alone could reach. And so it was time to add some helpers, to send out labors into the Lord's harvest. So Jesus called to him his closest followers, the ones who'd been with him longest and had observed most closely, and he gave them some of his power. He gave them some of his authority, the power to overcome evil, the power to heal and to reconcile. It was the power given to him by his heavenly father, the one holy and living God. And then he sent them out. He apostled them and he gave them these instructions. As you go, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Proclaim the good news that God's kingdom has finally come near. It is not you who speak, he said, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And off they went to do the work in his name as newly minted apostles. Were they perfect? Nope. The Gospels in the book of Acts tell us over and over again of the different ways that they dropped the ball. They couldn't understand his parables. They didn't know what he meant when he predicted his own death. They slept through his last agonizing hours and deserted him as he went to trial and to the cross. One of them even sold him to his enemies for a briefcase full of unmarked bills. Then they failed to recognize him when he appeared to them as the risen Lord. And yet, and yet, the church exists around the world today. The good news of Jesus is preached and practiced in every nation, all because those original disciples, imperfect as they were, answered the challenge of Jesus to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. If you were baptized... Then you probably agreed that with God's help, you would proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. That's because we too are apostles. Oh, I know you've probably always thought that that title belonged to those first 12 guys. When was the last time you spoke of yourself as an apostle? But if you've made those baptismal promises, you've taken vows as an apostle. You might even try it on for size. Try making this admission. My name is, say your name, and I'm an apostle. Go ahead, do that right now. My name is Jonathan, and I'm an apostle. All too often, we think that being a disciple of Jesus is an end in itself. We're content to be disciples, aren't we? We're happy to sit and hear the stories and maybe even nod in agreement. And we peek out the window and we look at the world while we're safe and secure inside. But to be an apostle is to risk. To be an apostle is to venture. To be an apostle is to step outside of your comfort zone. To be an apostle is to go out into a world full of people caught in suffering and fear. In short, it takes courage to be an apostle. Jesus' first followers weren't much different. They certainly weren't eager to go out where they had to be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. But Jesus saw the world grieving and wounded, and he knew its suffering. He felt it in his own bones. It moved his heart. He sent out his first apostles to bear the power of God into the struggle for goodness. He commissioned them to heal the sick. He tasked them with bringing the reconciliation of love. And today, he sends us out to do the same thing. Like the first apostles, We won't be perfect. We'll make mistakes. We'll miss opportunities. We might even betray our Lord. But Jesus is endlessly forgiving, and he keeps sending us back out into the world in his name. The first apostles turned the world upside down in the power of God, and we can too. Family, our job is to name evil and injustice and work to change them. We are called to touch the sicknesses of the world. Fear, rage, racism, people set against people, hopelessness, despair, emptiness, and pain, and to heal it. We are commissioned by Jesus to tell the world, the kingdom of God has come near. And don't worry about how you'll accomplish it. The words and the ways will come to you, because it will be the Spirit of God moving through you. This is our mission. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle Father, through dreams and visions you broaden the horizon and hope of your people, that they may discover the meaning of your covenant, even in the midst of trial and exile. Increase the number of those who believe in your word, so that all people may joyfully respond to your call and to share in your promises. Thank you for sending us into the world to live out your love and to tell others the good news that you love them no matter what. Hear our prayers, Father, and free us from the grip of the tomb that we may desire you as the fullness of life and proclaim your saving deeds to all the world. Forgive us for getting frustrated. Forgive us for losing hope. Help us to speak words of peace. Help us to be safe places for those who are scared, apprehensive, and unsure. Help us to use words that heal. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you. I really do appreciate you joining me today. And I hope these words were helpful to you. If they were, will you like, review, and share this episode? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and to benefit from these devotional thoughts. By the way, if you have a need or prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section. And be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Now, this week your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love. And everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what what, right? Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now, receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen.